Welcome to SHIFT, a college admissions ACT and SAT podcast for a changing world. I'm Tyler, the founder of Achievable, and we have an affordable ACT course that includes everything you need to ace your ACT test. A full textbook, tons of ACT questions backed by our memory-enhancing algorithm, videos on key topics, a built-in study planner, and full-length practice exam. You can get a free trial by going to achievable.me, and if you like it, the code podcast will get you 10% off at checkout. Now, let's get started. Today, we've got Annie Tadros from AM Professional Tutoring with us. And Annie, I'd love if you could just introduce yourself and your company briefly so that uh, they know about your expertise. Uh, well, my name is Annie Tadros, um, and I'm the director of a boutique test prep company called AM Professional Tutoring. And we specialize in consistently helping students to get large score increases on their standardized tests. And I should point out that large, consistent large score increases um, are, is not the industry standard. Um, so that is, um, I have an extensive academic background. Perhaps I should point that out as well. <laughs> um, my academic background undergraduate degree was in political science, and then I went to law school. So <laughs> that's my background. Great. And we've been in business for nearly a quarter of a century, and we started working with students online back in 2007. Yeah. All right. And so then let's talk a little bit today about the news that just came out, which is that the ACT organization released their national average scores for the ACT, and they are way down. Uh, And, you know, they a drop from... 20 to 19 average points might not seem like a huge drop, but in the grand scheme of the fluctuations of, you know, what the average score is, it's much, much larger of a drop than has been witnessed previously. Right. And so wanted to talk to you about, you know, what you think is causing this and what are the sort of the things that parents should be thinking about in terms of, you know, what, they need to do to help maybe bridge some of these gaps that are coming up? Okay, well, first and foremost, it's important to understand what the ACT and the SAT really are. They're standardized exams which test a student's readiness for college. So the lower a student's scores are, um, you know, you have obviously every college has different standards for what what they require, but the lower the scores are, the more likely that a student is going to struggle mm-hmm. uh, with their um, with their college studies and conceivably not complete their college studies. The United I don't know if you know, but the United States has um, the largest rate of students who do not complete their college studies than any other country in the industrialized world. Mm. I believe the last figure I heard was 40% of students in the United States do not complete a four-year program within six years. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it should be, it should be a sort of a, you know, parents are often thinking about getting their children through in college. Um, they should also, students and parents should also consider completing college. Mm-hmm. <laughs> very, very important. Now, a lot of, um, a lot of uh, people have 
said that maybe one of the reasons or the most important reason for the drop in scores is um, COVID. Mm -hmm. And certainly that has played a part in it, but I don't believe that that's necessarily the only reason or even the most important reason. I think another reason that should be considered is the fact that um, many colleges are now test optional. Mm -hmm. And a lot of students that you know may not have attained um, their target for first time around will simply um, you know convince themselves that it's not necessary. Uh, parents and students will feel that way, and they won't retake the test. Whereas in the past, they retook the test until they attained the required scores. But now, if they don't take the test, then overall that would also help to bring the um, I guess the overall average right. down. That's another. That's another thing that one should consider. Yeah. So let's dig into these two. These two reasons, right? I mean, I think that uh, let's start with test optional because I think it'll be shorter. I mean, I I understand your logic, right? Where if students are getting a low score and then stopping, that would potentially bring the average down, right? I think that though. I mean, personally, I feel like that's a little bit misguided. I mean, I. I've always been skeptical of test optional, you know, in a universe where 47% of American high school students have a 4.0 GPA or better. I think colleges have a really hard time distinguishing between, you know, who's a good student and who's a student, a great student that will excel in campus, right? So for me, yes. I feel like test optional will the course will reverse i mean naturally i have a biased opinion on that but i think that it's you know i i think that for a lot of people um thinking of it more as like test preferred is still the right way to go but i i also think that in general you know test optional maybe has also made a lot of people who would get a low score not take the test at all Right. So that would be Absolutely. kind of my counterpoint Absolutely. to your argument is like, well, how much of the score drop was related to people taking it once and not taking it again versus was the score increased at all by people that might have scored in the 15s and 17s, just not even trying. It's, it will never know, um, but it's an, it, it's an interesting kind of debate. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. Mm, well, um, I guess the only people who have um, an answer to that would be those that have the data, which is the college board and the ACT company, and they would have the data of how many students have taken the test, how many students have taken the test multiple times. Um, so that that would that would probably help to answer that question, and I do not have access to that data. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, uh, but I can tell you that a lot of students. Um, my understanding is that a lot of uh, college-bound students will initially attempt the exam, mm -hmm. whether whether it's that they take a practice test or they actually take a test. And a lot of them uh, also still take the PSATs in in uh, junior uh, junior year and sometimes in sophomore year. So they will get some inkling of where what their baseline scores are, um, and. If these students, if some, many of these students that aren't, um, I guess, getting the score that they imagined that they would, um, they might simply choose not to go any further than that. Mm -hmm. And they convince themselves that 
they don't need to. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So, so that, yeah, but, you know, it's really important to realize that probably every country um, or most countries in the industrialized world and even in some third world countries have standardized tests, either college entrance exams or high school exit exams. Same thing. Okay, whether it's high school exit or college entrance, basically, um, the, the objective of these exams is to measure a student's ability and to create a level playing fields for students from different schools, regions, and, ex and educational systems, making it easier to compare applicants on a national or even an international scale. So that's the objective of having, say, a national uh, standardized exam versus, you know, I, I know that the state of California, Florida, um, Texas, Massachusetts, New York, they all have standardized, like high school standardized exams, but they're not on a national scale. Mm -hmm. So that's what you want. You want a, a level playing field. Okay. And another thing is that standardized tests help student help to ensure that students meet a minimum standard of academic competence. Mm -hmm. Now, remember that not all colleges require the same, um, you know, have the same academic requirements. The academic requirements vary uh, according to the, call, the stringency of, a, of any particular college um, program. Mm -hmm. So, for example, it's not there are colleges for students that have, for example, that might score, for example, 16 on, on out of 36 on the ACT or, um, you know, in, in the like upper 300s to 400s on the on the SAT. There are colleges because they're those colleges provide a lot of support for their students. They may have unlimited free tutoring for the students. Their, their programs may be less stringent. And, but the more competitive colleges who have a more stringent program will require higher scores. So if you're basing it on um, a GPA, which, you know, in one school, an A or an A plus in one school may very well translate to a, a, a B, a C, in another school, you're not really going to get a good picture of how a student will perform in, on a particular um, at a particular college. Um, I I think I had mentioned one time to you that I had a student recently who was a um, an A plus student at the college that um, you know this particular student attended, mm -hmm. and when she took her SATs, her her scores were. Um, were well, I mean, they, they were in the, you know, low 300s. Mm -hmm. So that that tells you, for example, if this student had applied to if all they were, if all a college was was using was the student's GPA, and the student applied to a stringent college, and the student got admitted, there's First of all, there's a very good chance the student may not have may not be able to pass certain courses. That's number one. Right. Number two, there's also a very good chance that the student may choose to withdraw from that particular college or transfer. So all these are, are things that, that need to be considered. Ultimately, ultimately, what colleges want is actually what, what college admissions committees are looking for is the same thing that what students are looking for. They're both looking for the best fit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. They're both looking for, you know, they're both 
Colleges are looking for a student that will fit in well academically, socially, athletically, and students are also looking for that, for that as well. Okay, so the more information that the colleges and the students have about the decision that they're making, the better the, you know, the results will be of the decision they're making. Imagine a student who chooses not to go on college visits at all and decides to make their, you know, decides to base their decision on either word of mouth or perhaps reading the website. They're not going to get, um, you know, there's going to be there's going to be a lot more students that are going to choose to transfer or withdraw from a program if that's the only measure that they're using. If it's word of mouth of another of another student or uh, of their group of friends, mm -hmm. or if it's um, if it's just like looking at a website or basing it on you know the college's reputation, you're going to find a lot of students that may turn out not to be satisfied with the decision that they've mm -hmm. made. So um, college admissions committees are basically looking when they're reviewing an application, they're interested in retention. What is retention? We want as many of the students that we accept to continue and complete their program and as few students as possible to withdraw or transfer. Yep. And students are also looking for the same thing i don't think i don't think a student applies or, or selects a college saying well i'm not going to make any friends there i'm not going to perform well i i fully intend to transfer <laughs> i don't think most students base their you know make that sort of decision everybody wants to make a decision that's going to give them a happy marriage right. um and and so Surprisingly enough, since they both want the same thing, I, I find it very, very interesting that this, um, you know, test optional, uh, you know, saying that 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 standardized tests, a test that can, you know, tests that can determine, um, you know, like compare students on a, on a national scale, are bad in any way. Um, another another thing that I should mention is that. There are studies which show that a student's performance on college entrance exams have a predictive validity. Okay, so the research has shown that standardized tests such as the ACT and the SAT can, not will, but can be predictive of a student's ability to succeed in college. Remember, it's not will, but can. Um, Standardized tests, the SAT and the ACT, cover the you know the subjects that are going to be important for any college program that's selected: mm -hmm. reading, writing, math, basic reading, writing, and math. Um, standardization, standardized tests are administered under controlled conditions with consistent instructions. When students are taking tests in schools, schools have different, um, different ways of administering exams. Okay. And another thing we should remember is that today there are a lot of online high schools. Now, a student who's taking courses in an online high school, um, if if the admissions committee were to base it exclusively on their GPA, you know that there's no way of determining when a student has completed um, their studies in an online high mm -hmm. school to know whether the student has done the work. Mm 
independently, whether they've had assistance every step of the way, or whether somebody else has completed all the work for them. Right. Yeah. I th- okay. So I think that it, I mean, that those are all really good thoughts, right? Um, I, I think that in general, the, the biggest thing for me is, is like, I, I agree with you that the test taking is important. And I agree with you that um, there can be a lot of variability in kind of how it's answered like that. And I, at least for me, I feel like those are all kind of like small things that may not be the, like the thing that made the biggest impact, right? Or like for me, when I see a, a massive score change on the ACT, I try to think of like what are massive things that might have gone wrong or be different now than used to be. Um, I guess that's my my feedback to your to your uh, thoughts so far. I, uh, well, can you elaborate? Yeah, I guess for me, it's like when I think of when I think of what could make such a you know, it's basically like a two standard deviation difference in scores, right? Um, I really think that like it has to be a really big macro level change for that to occur which for me i think you know is either the test optional or the pandemic is kind of what i'm thinking like that's that's my right. focus a lot more right than... and I, yes and, and i think i think both of those um both of those are, are factors are, are very very important factors um the pandemic has obviously had and, and this is internationally it's not just here in the states um, I mean, they sh- I was I was looking at a study in England uh, for their A levels and O levels, and the scores right after COVID had dropped considerably. Right, um, and that that's in England. So obviously, the pandemic has had some effect, but it was only one year, and um, I guess if a student was determined, um, they could certainly. Um, I mean, they, they can certainly make up for that over with intensive work over the summer yeah they they totally okay, could so i think that I, I guess what i'm hearing from people um you know the other tutors that i talk to they're saying or you know this is anecdotal but they're saying things like you know kids used to come in with a 1200 or a 1300 sat score and want to get to 1500 now they're coming in with a 1050 sat score and want to get to a 1500 right um and that a lot of students didn't put in the extra work to stay caught up on their schoolwork during the pandemic in part because they, you know, everybody else was kind of falling behind the same way. So it it didn't really Mm -hmm. look like anything was wrong. Right. Um, Right. But yeah, that's, that's where, and then I wonder if the pandemic effect is also delayed a year too, because, you know, a lot of the kids who are affected in say like algebra, or pre-algebra, well, that shaky foundation kind of makes it hard to get better at math. Oh, absolutely. 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 And teachers um, are very frustrated, but they're also, I notice that they're moving uh, slower. For example, I've got students that are taking honors courses and what I would have called an honors course a few years, like a few years ago today, I consider the honors program, just the regular program. The teachers aren't moving fast in the honors program they're going slower because they they recognize this, that the students are not at grade level and um there, there's a lot of frustration there on on the part of the students on the part of the teachers particularly 
Um, so they are they are moving slower. And what 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 used to be called regular level, not honors, is more uh, today um, in certain schools is more like remedial. Mm. Wow. Um, so yeah. Yeah, I'm noticing that. I'm noticing that, at least in my state, in the state of Florida, you know, perhaps in other states it's a little different. But um, that that that's that's what I'm noticing. Um, so so it has had it has had pandemic has had quite an effect, but students can overcome that. It's not. It was just one year, and I assure you, with intensive studies um, over the summer. As, a student, any student, could get caught up. Oh yeah, definitely. If they had, if they set their mind, they they could if they set their mind to it. But what I am finding is a lot of students and their parents just as much. Um, if a student doesn't, um, you know, isn't anywhere near the the score that they would have been vying for, um, unless the college is either you know, not a test optional college or there are merit scholarships that they're going for. Um, the parents and the students are going to convince themselves that it is no longer that, that they don't need it and that it, it, it doesn't matter and that the um, the admissions committee is going to make their decision based on GPA and the student's resume. But the fact of the matter is, since admissions committees are still the game hasn't changed, the name of the game hasn't changed. It's still retention. They're still looking for students that are going to be able to, you know, may stay with the program, not withdraw, not transfer, and that are going to be able to handle the program. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so the, since the name of the game hasn't changed, basically, if a college can accept a student who has, who presents test scores and another student who does not present test scores and just presents their GPA and their resume, um, what do you think their decision is going to be? Right. They're just obviously all other things being equal, you know, both of them have the same GPA. One one submits test scores, the other doesn't. What what's the more certain decision to make? What's the more informed decision to make for the admissions committee to make? You know, can you imagine the financial impact on a college if a significant number of their students either withdrew or transferred mm -hmm. because was not the right fit because you know it was not the right fit academically can you imagine what the impact would right. be i mean it's untenable really <laughs> you know um really no really seriously i mean if you think that 30 40 50% of of your incoming class would either withdraw or transfer that's you know you do have to think of the bottom line as well i mean it's 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 not good in any way for for you know the institution that's accepted them so um colleges still want to make um a decision which will ensure a good fit for the student mm -hmm. so which which is really interesting that the the state of california has um for their state colleges has chosen to become to go test blind that's that that's a very interesting decision which i think is in my personal opinion is totally um politically motivated mm. um because why would somebody want to make an important decision with less information 
if you have the possibility of having more information, at least test optional says we will consider your tests if you apply. Uh, whereas, um, you know, uh, the California state schools are turning around and saying, submit scores and we're going to toss them out. Yeah, I, I also am very uh, confused by that policy too. But I, I, I think that it's, like I said, I think that sort of we've reached high tide on that kind of thing. Because I, I think a lot of colleges are going back to being like, man, these scores are really useful. <laughs> yeah. Um, and oh, for for student athletes, here's the interesting thing. When we started, um, when I started um, test prep about uh, 25 years ago, um, a lot of this for, for admissions to colleges, a lot of the top level student athletes, the colleges weren't even really taking a look at their, many colleges really take a look at their test mm -hmm. scores. Um, and just you know, they just took them on on the strength of their athletic skills and they gave them their, their athletic scholarships based on the strength of their athletic scholarships. Well, here's the problem. Um, many of these students that were given the scholarships uh, were bar barred from playing because I don't know if you know, but every single college has a certain minimum GPA that a student requires in order to be able to play. If they don't attain that that minimum GPA, they're not allowed to play. So a lot of these students just didn't have, um, I, I guess, um, the academic requirements. And they so the colleges wound up giving scholarships away that weren't being used. <laughs> they didn't have players. <laughs> They didn't have players. <laughs> so so colleges um, changed course on that. And for student athletes, they began requiring um, having setting setting standards, setting requirements for test scores. OK, and um, that has that has worked very, very well. Now, student athletes are given a break for the most part. Not all student athletes depends on which sport, which college um, they are given. There are certain there are different uh, academic requirements for admissions for student athletes than there are for um, non-student athletes. But they have said it. They um, the coaches um, have had set um, certain standards to ensure that the student could at least maintain the minimum academic standards required to ensure that the that the athlete played. Yep. Take that. Take that away, and. Um, also, imagine that a lot of um, student athletes, uh, not all of them, but, but a, a, you know, a significant amount, uh, complete their um, academics using an online program, a complete um, online high school. And what have you got? I mean, again, we're back to where we start. We mm -hmm. were, you know, 25, 30 years ago, where you could very well be giving, um, you know, using using funds you know um using athletic scholarships for students who aren't going to be able to play yep yeah that all makes sense well any closing thoughts or anything else you wanted to cover when it comes to like the act national scores and just the effects that could be contributing to it well uh from my from my perspective i i tell you tyler i i feel confident in saying that if students understood i mean test optional it's good it's good to give it's good to give students um other you know um i guess other avenues choices are good but students have to understand um that if they 
if, if they don't show some form, if there isn't some form of standardization um, in the the application that they that they submit, mm -hmm. like maybe a certain number of AP courses where they they've gotten scores of three or higher, um, or call or, or an SAT or an ACT, I think that um, these are going to have an impact on their. Um, on their admission. That's at least certainly for the more stringent schools. And I really believe that student scores would on, on these tests would not be dropping precipitously if students recognized that it's still, that these test scores still have um, an impact on their application. Right. These these test scores were never the end all and be all mm -hmm. ever. Mm -hmm. Okay, they were just part of, um, you know, sort of if you want to call it the holistic admissions approach. Okay, it was just one component of many, but it it, it is a significant component nonetheless. Right. And I think I think if students recognize still recognize that it is a significant component, they would be. There would be more effort applied to improving one's scores versus simply walking away from the test completely. Right. And that, in my opinion, would help to improve the overall average of these test scores, I think. Yeah, I, I like that as a, as a conclusion and a way to wrap up um, this episode. So thank you. That, I think that was a very good point. This has been Shift, a college admissions podcast for a changing world. Hosted by Tyler from Achievable with Annie Tadros from AM Professional Tutoring. You can get a free trial of Achievable's ACT course by going to achievable.me and use the code podcast to get 10% off at checkout.